Did you know that it actually takes 142.18 licks to reach the center of a Tootsie Pop? We got crazy fun facts and more coming up, so let's start the intro. We got lots of info, let's rock and roll. It's Did You Know with Rhino. Hello and welcome to Did You Know with Rhino. In case you didn't know, I'm Rhino and this is my show and I know exactly what you're thinking. The red Tootsie Pops are the best Tootsie Pops. In today's episode, we're going to have lots of fun and you might even learn something. So without further ado, let's do this. Since this is our first episode, let me introduce myself. I'm Ryan O. Almost 30, born and raised in Southwest Detroit. You know, I graduated from Central Michigan University, and now I live in a theme park capital of the world, Central Florida. You know, I have a love for obscure movies, and I'm pretty random. So this aural journey is going to be fun. This podcast is all about weird facts and learning a bit. And quite often, we'll have special guests to join in on the conversation who might be an expert in a certain field. Our special guest this episode is a good friend of mine. We've gone on many epic adventures around Central Florida over the past seven years and have successfully attempted to stay out of trouble. He is my residential photography expert, and he shares a love for James Bond. He has also liked about 99% of my tweets. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our podcast, the hyperfin himself, Brandon Thonin. How's it going, man? Going pretty good, pretty good. Always uh, always good to hang out. Welcome to the show. Um, recently, you moved uh, out to the Gulf. So how has that been going? It's been fun. Seeing, uh, seeing friends a lot less, which... It's been the downside, but it has been pretty nice being this close to the water. Do you guys have all of your stuff unpacked? No. And it's been a couple of months? <laughs> it's been a couple of months. We've bought furniture, but we still have boxes unpacked. That sounds about right. I think we still have boxes that are unpacked, and we've been <laughs> here for forever. So it's, it's a thing. You might find <laughs> some boxes that will never actually get unpacked. Yeah, yeah, there's a few in the garage that we yeah, we just kind of put there and haven't even looked at them yet. I recommend putting like a date on the very bottom of them of the last time you look at that box. And every time you look at the box, put a new date on it. Y'all get the masking tape. That sounds like an awesome time. There. So what else has been going on, man? Not much. A lot of work. Uh, planning on going to some weddings this year with the wife. Right on. Coming up in June. We're, uh, we're photographing her cousin and then uh, doing video for her good friend. Right on. And that's through uh, your guys' shared photography thing? Yep, that's it. Right on. And for listeners, um, what is that called? That is Maxwell Rose, maxwell-rose.com. Shameless plug. Right on. Shameless plug, hashtag. And how about any cool movies or anything that you've been into lately? I've got Cassie uh, into the James Bond series. That's been pretty fun. We're almost halfway through. Have you gotten through all of the Roger Moores yet, or is there still more and more to go? We're almost through more. Uh, we just killed off Blofeld. Nice. Finally, finally died. Which is over some random argument and a lawsuit. Yes. That That's how that happened. And um, so that means you get to go into... The, the dark, nitty-gritty Timothy Dalton. Yes, yeah. Less uh, less of the weird, more vibe. Which also weird. brings down some of the fun, too, because after Christopher Walken, it goes deadly serious. Yeah. And, and then eventually, we'll eventually you get to 
uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, which the entire plot is trying to stop World War III from happening because the main villain only wants exclusive broadcasting rights for 100 years. That's his entire plot point. Yep, yeah. Pretty much spends the entire time running his own news. And it's still my favorite James Bond movie. I don't know why. So, so with that That's said, a let, weird let's. One to have as a favorite. It is. It's it's rather awesome and awkward at the same time. But let's get into the nitty gritty of this show. We're going to uh, start off with the word of the week. So I'm going to tell you what the word or phrase is, and then you're going to tell me where you think it comes from. All right. Then I'll tell you where it actually comes from. Okay. All right. So the phrase of the week is flea market. Oh, God. Flea market. Is it because you have been working at uh, Animal Kingdom recently? Not quite. It's, it actually comes from the, uh, from the French. It was given to like a market in Paris that specializes in secondhand goods that might contain fleas, and so that's where it became a flea market. Interesting. All right. Yeah. That's a new one. So that's going to be our word... Of the week, and that was dated in the dictionary from about 1922. For those of you who are paying attention to that, uh, so that means we're going to move on into a little segment called fact or fiction. So this is where we get to talk about a fictional character, and then I'm going to tell you a um, I'm going to tell you something about that character, and you're going to say whether that actually happened in their run of the comic books or movies. Or that never happened, okay? Okay. You'll get there. It'll be fun. Um, so this week, we're going to talk all about Daredevil. Okay. So how much do you know about Daredevil? Very little. Okay. Very have you little. seen the Netflix shows? A couple. And have you really seen it. the Ben Affleck movie? No. Okay. Good. <laughs> we're not doing good. No. <laughs> this is going to be awesome then. Um, oh, great. So, so our, our first fact... Um, his original costume was black. Yay or nay? Yay. It was actually yellow. All right. Yeah, yeah. In in all of the shows, they show it as black to start off with. But back in the 70s, it was weirdly yellow with like a little red tunic down the center with the weird D's in the front. Um, Interesting. So our next fact is his accident also spawned the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm going to go with false. It is true. Um, ah. the, the creators say that the same ooze that caused his blindness also gave each of them powers. All right. So, so that's the thing. Um, he once pretended to be his own twin brother. True. Yes, uh, he, he actually called himself Mike Murdoch. His actual name is Matt Murdoch. Not really stretching there with the double alliteration, and uh, he was also blind. So interesting. That was awkward. Um, he once was able to smell a sniper from two blocks away just by the gunpowder. True. Yes, yes, indeed, that was a thing that happened. And our final fact. He once took down 300 members of the Yakuza in about three minutes by himself. Ooh, I want to say fiction. That is correct. It was only 100. <laughs> You're fine. 
So it's not that bad. Um, so that is our fact or fiction of the week. And so we're going to continue to move along with our newest segment called uh, Where in the World? In this one, I'm going to give you sudden clues about a particular thing somewhere. And you're going to um, try to guess where it's from. For example, if I were to tell you that there's a gigantic golf ball uh, somewhere, it's surrounded by water and has a train running around it, you would tell me it's where? I'm going to say it's it's you doing putt-putt at, uh, at Winter Wonderland and somehow getting it in the water even though there's no no water. I would say that's fairly accurate. Also Epcot, but I like your also answer Epcot, even better. Yeah. <laughs> so that's amazing. So you're catching on. So we'll go with the um so it's translated word um of the actual name, because if I told you the name, you'd get it. It it means painted river. So this is your first clue. It's the painted river. Any guesses on to where it is just off of that? Painted river. Oh goodness. No, no guesses off that. All right, then let's keep on going. Um, it got its name due to the red brick color. Any any guesses off of that one? Are we talking about a red river? It, it is a reddish brick river. Still not, uh, no. All right, well, the area along the river was for centuries a mine of copper, gold, and other metals. And after many years of mining, the high levels of iron dissolved into the river, which resulted in making the water extremely acidic. Wow, yeah, still not there. All right, so that's going to be the Rio Tinto, and that's in Huelva in the southwest area of Spain. Wow, yeah, I would have never, never gotten that. Yep, me either. And that's the awesome part of where in the world. Sometimes it's something that we could find just like my golf balls in the middle of a putting area. Other times it's something completely random and crazy. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. This episode has been brought to you by Everyday Cosplay Finds. Ever wanted to show off your favorite character or group of characters, but don't see things online that match your style? Then check out Everyday Cosplay Finds, bringing cosplay into your everyday. Go to etsy.com slash shop slash everyday cosplay finds for more information. And now back to our show. Did you know with Rhino? And that leads us into our next area, uh, the Do You Know Fact of the Week. And this week's fact is about sharks. Oh, great. Would you consider yourself a shark expert? No. What do you know about sharks? I know that they swim in the ocean and they like to eat seals. Right on. That sounds like fun. Also, if they are if they have lasers on their head, uh, they make Freaking really good seals. inside inside a evil henchman's lair or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've always got to attach those freaking laser beams attached to their freaking heads. Otherwise, they're just ill-tempered, and you don't <laughs> want that. No. Uh, so, so sharks. 
the the fact of the week is that sharks resemble um, small. They have these little small flattened coat hooks on top of each other, and they're curving towards the back of the shark. They got these little things on top. Um, it's like a golf ball. It's on their skin. It's it's kind of like a golf ball dimples, and it breaks up the wake and allows the shark to move through the water faster and with less energy. They're they're called denticles, and they look smooth, but they're actually covered in little tiny spikes. Interesting. I, I think I had heard something similar. So they're their skin. That's why it feels kind of like sandpaper as opposed to really really smooth. Have you had a have you had an opportunity to uh, to pet a shark? I have not, but my wife has. Um, it's it's a luxury of living in the land of theme parks. Uh, you go around to one, and her favorite thing to do is to go to the stingrays, and and she could just spend hours and hours with those stingrays. But me, I've got like this sudden like thought process back in my head. If 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 a ray could take out a man who hunts down crocodiles and, and snakes and stuff, then I don't stand a chance. That's why I'm afraid of the little sea rays and stingrays. And Well, thankfully, if they're at the, uh, the parks there, they've been debarbed, and I think you're fine. But I'm, I'm also afraid of the, the Tampa Bay rays. Eh, I, I don't think you have anything to worry about with the Tampa Bay rays. I think the Tigers could take them out, but that's just a matter of opinion myself. I think a lot of teams could take them out. Who are you following right now? Uh, well, Cassie and I follow the Chicago Cubs. The Chicago Cubs. So how are the Cubs doing right now? Not horrible. Um, I think we had a loss last night, unfortunately, and uh, Bryant got smacked in the head with a 96 uh, mile per hour. We won. Oh, that's good. I appreciate the assistance. Um, but yeah, Chris Bryant got hit in the head with a 96-mile-per-hour fastball. That wasn't great. They posted 96. Sounds like 96 to me. I'll go with it. So we have our special guest. Uh, as our special guest, Brandon, um, you dabble in photography. That is correct. Yes, uh, my wife and I do. You would probably go so far as saying that's kind of been your life for the past four or five years. Yes, uh, yeah, fortunately. Without going into uh, tremendous awkward details, tell the kids back home exactly what you do. Well, uh, as far as photography, my wife and I shoot rocket launches out at NASA. We, uh, we shoot for a little publication called Star Letters, and uh, we've been recently a part of the Falcon Heavy launch, which was pretty awesome. That's the one right out of uh, Cape Canaveral? Yes, all the ones that we shoot. Right on. Um, so what got you guys started into taking photographs um, of rocket launches in general? Well, I went to uh, what's called a NASA social back in April 2016 for the CRS-8 launch, which was their first landing on their drone ship named Of Course I Still Love You. And from there, Cassie moved down and... And it was a joint passion, and uh, we were able to share that together. It was pretty great. So, so to quickly backtrack, you're saying that the the name of the the launch, or the launching pad, was "Of course I still love you." 
the name of the landing pad. So the drone ship that's that's floating out in the um, Atlantic Ocean, its name is, of course, I Still Love You. So, and there's another one over in the Pacific on the California side named Just Read the Instructions. So scientists are having some sort of sick sense of humor and enjoy naming things ridiculously. Oh, that's just Elon being punny. He is uh, he's the founder and CEO of SpaceX. My kind of people. So you started taking photographs. What sort of equipment uh, were you using at the time in order to capture photographs? We both use uh, Nikon. Uh, I've got a, we've got a couple of Nikon D90s and an old Nikon D300S that they don't even make anymore. And uh, do you have like any special attachments that you've been using over the years, or um, what would you recommend for people who are trying to get into taking photographs of rocket launches that they have um, that you've learned over the past many years? From afar, which is where most people will unfortunately uh, have to watch. I always suggest really just your eyes, to be honest. Uh, don't don't worry about taking photos, but if you do, um, a big lens always helps. You can find most of them on either borrow lenses or lensrentals.com. And uh, you can rent them for, for not a horrible price, but just know that launches do slip. And you're, you're probably going to need to extend that rental a few days, and that gets costly. Right on. Uh, so it's... Um... So you're trying to recommend that people see with their eyes because what you see with your eyes, you value with your heart. That is very correct. I, I like to steal that back from my profound days of driving around in circles. <laughs> you still haven't gotten that money from Wilson, have you? Uh, they're still chasing after the poachers. We'll see how they do. They're probably somewhere in Nicaragua at this moment. But I digress. Um so about how many launches would you say you guys have been to uh, together so far? Wow. Um, I think over 20 at this point. I'd have, to, I'd have to check my notes, but I think we're at over 20. And do you keep some sort of souvenir from each one you go to? Actually, I do. We, uh, we both have uh, patches from each successful launch we've been to, usually uh, thankfully handed out by the launch providers, uh, either that or our actual credentials. But we always have some sort of memorabilia from that day. So eventually you could put all of your patches together into some sort of like giant collage and, and frame it on a wall or something? Yes. Yeah, mm. that'll be pretty nice. That sounds like a party. Um, if I remember correctly, you guys created your own patch for your wedding. We did. It was based off the first launch that her and I, that, that sorry, that Cassie and I ever saw together, which was JCSAT-14. That's adorable. Launched by SpaceX, yeah. I, I think I, I found it as, it's, it's next to our little spaceman, um, which was part of my boutonniere. If you lost it, we've got plenty more. <laughs> so It was 16, I apologize. 16. I was just corrected by my manager here. 16 launches, not 20. Gotcha. Yeah, no, no, no. It was, uh, it was JCSAT 16. Okay. The, uh, the first launch that we saw together. JCSAT 16. Gotcha. Um, so, so my next question about space and 
and whatnot is what would you say one of your favorite launches has been? Mm. Uh, of recent, it's been Falcon Heavy. That was that was a pretty impressive launch. There was a lot going on that day, a lot of people that we were able to get to see and hang out with. Uh, but I, th- I think my all-time favorite is probably the first one that Cassie and I, I were able to share. Aren't you an adorable thing, you? I try to be. Uh, so it, describe what went on in that first launch. Like what type of like, – because I don't know much about rockets myself, not quite knowing if our audience does as well. Um, what would be – how would you describe the rocket itself? The rocket itself, phallic? Um, but really, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, all rockets, unfortunately, and their shapes, uh, they make for some interesting drawings, but, uh, but no, the, the rocket launch itself was pretty great. We were, I want to say about 11 miles away. Uh, so we were able to still feel quite a bit of the force. You could also feel the, the red ants that were munching at our feet because we were barefoot. Um, but you know, the rocket launch was still amazing as always besides the red ants what are some of the dangers of taking photographs of launches some of the dangers um hmm. well when it comes to being a uh, launch photographer if you you get the opportunity to put a remote camera out at the pad one of the dangers is you know you get wash out coming from the the rocket you get debris you get water you can get animals that could mess with your camera uh, a lot of different things. Pressures can can kill the camera. There's there's quite a few dangers. All right, so I've got a very serious question to ask you. Do you believe that there's intelligent life in outer space? I do. There's millions on billions and trillions of, of different galaxies and planets out there, and I do believe that at least one probably holds similar life to us. So if you were to think about what they would possibly look like, just paint us a picture of, of your ideal uh, extraterrestrial. Wow. Um, that's a really great question. Um, I don't think I've ever thought about what I think that they look like. Um, hmm. I mean, I guess there is a chance with, with how many different planets and galaxies there are out there that that there's there's probably one, if not a few, that are very similar to to Earth. That probably have, you know, life life forms that look similar to us. So you're saying they're more humanoid, kind of like the the Vulcans would have been. There's probably a few that are that are humanoids, just like us. I've always thought that people who keep on saying like we've never seen them, it's like, well, what if they're here and we don't have the ability to see them because they're in some sort of um, different frequency that our eyes or something can't adjust to like, like ultraviolet or something like that. I mean, they, we only have so many colors. So there are many colors out there that we can't see. So Ryan, yes, I do believe you could be correct. So there might be some not quite invisible individuals, but just invisible, invisible to our eyes out there. Yes. Right on. Um, I, used to watch this awesome show called Psych, right? Right. Which is a a psychic detective or fake psychic detective, depending on how you look at things. But he always had his assistant named Gus. And 
and Gus was a big, uh, a big fan of space and planets. Um, but during the time of the show, he also found out some really disturbing information about the planets. So here comes another serious question. Do you think Pluto is a planet? Wow. Um, hmm. I want to say yes. I really do. Is it because we've had this nostalgia nostalgia of it being a planet most of our lives and all of a sudden they're like, it ain't. And they're like, oh, that's messed up? Mm, probably. Yeah, that, that, that could attribute to it. If you could visit any planet besides ours, which one would you personally like to go visit? I'd really like to visit Saturn. I, really? Yeah, you don't like Saturn? I, I, I love just the, the colors and, and, and the fact that there's so many storms and so many things happening there. And it's so volatile that uh, I think that'd be a fun place to visit. Do you think that we'll ever get there before, let's see, 30-ish now? Before 2070? I don't think in our lifetime, no. Okay. <laughs> right on. Um, so back in the day, they used to think that the future, which is kind of the pseudo past, would look like the Jetsons. What do you think our future is going to look like? Our future what? Our, our future kind of aircraft for getting to space? Possibly. Like, like travel. Um, do you think, when do you think we might be able to live on different planets? Um, what, what do you see future like within traveling and uh, vehicles and whatnot? Well, I think with the current space race going on right now, um, that there's a good chance that, that we'll see Mars in, uh, within the next 10 to 20 years. Yeah. And it's probably not going to be until at least the 2030s. Uh, but I think I, I have strong hope in, uh, in the, the big Falcon rocket, which is uh, the BFR project uh, from SpaceX. I think that will probably be our spacecraft. So if you could transport yourself into the far future, let's say about three to, to 400 years from now, what would be the first thing you would do upon waking up? Ah, uh, hmm. The first thing. I would probably, um, I'd probably have to pee. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, I'd want to know if they still have Batman comics going on. Yeah, yeah, I I don't know. I I think food would sound pretty good after that many years. And then I want to know if pizza had changed over the past 300 to 400 years. I don't think you'll have Jets pizza anymore. It'd probably be like Space Jets pizza. And it's probably Uh, like in Back to the Future where you get like dehydrated pizza and it's like little tiny and all of a sudden it poofs out or you eat a pill and it tastes like pizza, but it's not quite pizza, but they claim it's pizza. That would be sad. That would be sad. I would be missing my pizza. But the more important thing is I'd be missing my Batman. There's there's that part of our brains, you know, that that we get that that positivity from, from tasting food. It's kind of like, you know, a hug or a kiss. You get that that feeling, and I I don't think they would ever take away taste. So, and, and then my thoughts about about travel is we're probably going to have a hovercraft or a 
flying vehicle somewhere in the next hundred years because they said that we should have already had one. Yeah, there's um there's a few Japanese companies that have already made drones that are large enough for uh, for humans. So if if that ever gets worked out, I think that'll probably be our our nearest craft. And do you think that there's where do you think that photography will morph to between now and then? Wow. That's a really good question. I think uh cameras will probably get smaller. Um I think, unfortunately, things will become more automatic and uh, there will be a lot more photographers out there that aren't actually photographers. Um, the art form will will be a lot different then. But I, I think more on, on what the negatives will possibly be in the future rather than the positives. Has VR or the possibility of taking... VR um, photographs and videos has that changed the rocket experience any? Um, as far as watching them through VR, yeah. Um, they they've been pretty fun to see. I know that um, ULA um records VR videos of their launches, um, and I think there's a few launch photographers out there that that have started doing the same. But I think it brings a great, um, hmm. it brings a great joy for people to be able to see them from that close because it's a, it's a distance that nobody will ever get to, to witness a, a launch. And now with all these um, boomerang and different um, filters and different things that you can do on your your devices, um, do you think we'll ever get to a point? where your images on, like, let's say, your wall, like your picture frames, will become something more like, let's say, uh, Harry Potter? Yes. Where you can see, like, the, the rocket launchers out in the distance. Rocket launchers, wow. Rocket launches out <laughs> in the distance happening, but you can only see them over and over again, and then disappears. And then it comes back about, I don't know, 20 minutes later? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that's probably in the future. Right on. So walk me through an average day of taking photographs at a, a launch site. Well, it always, well, it, it almost always starts very, very early. Um, like like know, what, we, we 3 a.m., 5 a.m.? How early is early? Well, usually getting there around 6, but, you know, because we live in, in St. Pete now, it starts for us around four, if not earlier. But uh, but we get to the the press site, and we uh, we usually get our credentials about then. And uh, from there, we spend the next hour, hour and a half, setting up remote cameras at the the locations that they give us, and kind of getting getting our photos and close-ups of the rocket. And then we we get a few hours off usually at that point, which, which Cassie considers nap time, which is, which is, well, yeah, it's. So you it's, actually take naps during nap time? Oh yeah. Yeah. We either in the car or. Yeah. Or in the, and the, the press office itself. We, uh, we, we seldom nap. We, we find places. It's early. 
And so then after your nap time, um, what happens then? After nap time is usually uh, pre-launch conferences and, and learning about, depending on the mission, learning about um, any science that's going up on the, the rocket, or if it's a communications payload, usually learning about the satellite, or if it's just a secret mission, we learn nothing. Is it? Are they fun, like in some of the movies where you have J.K. Simmons telling you all sorts of fun things with energy, or is it kind of like watching C-SPAN? It's it's half and half. It it really depends on on sometimes the questions and and sometimes well what what the mission is about. And so then after you've been briefed. Um, Will the will the pictures come out automatically, or how does that happen? As far as our cameras, yeah. So we usually don't even get to pick those up until the morning after, or or about ninety minutes after launch, depending on where it launched from and where we put the camera. But it could sometimes be almost twelve hours after launch that we get to see our photos. And do you have it set up where? You press a button and it signals it to it, or how does your camera know to take a picture? Um, I use a trigger made by a company called MyOps, and one of the settings on it is you can have it listen for um, sound. Um, it listens for, for different wavelengths on, on how loud or, or what the pressure is, and then it triggers. Um and that, that's usually how I do it. I know a lot of people, some people use timers. Oh, can't see it's over there. Uh, some people use timers. Some people use, you know, other methods. But uh, but that's that's the one that I've chosen. For, for those that use timers, um, how often do the missions get pushed back? Unfortunately, because we live in Florida and whether likes to to play with us it it happens quite often when we get into uh these summer to to fall months you know our, our stormy time of the year but but generally they they try and stick to as close to their their predicted time as possible and what would you say is your most frustrating part about um about your experience with taking photographs and whatnot for rocket launches? Um, I really think it's the waiting to see whether it worked or not. And then, you know, it's it's that race to be that first person to get your, your photo out there to the world. And what would you say is the the, the exact opposite of that, the, the best part about... A... Wow, the exact opposite is... Uh is hopefully becoming one of those few that have had the, um, oh God, I, I'm, I'm blanking on the word, that have had the, the experience of, of getting their, their photos retweeted by Elon or, uh, or the launch provider. So, those are always pretty good moments. So you're saying that he actually goes through, looks at the photos and says, I want to show that one, and then retweets it? Yes. Yeah. He has been known to do that. Right on. That sounds like a party. Have you gotten into the Elon Musk photo club then? No, I have not. Uh, but 
but I am very proud of uh, those those friends of mine that have. So so maybe throughout the tenure of Did You Know with Ryan O, we, we might get you guys with some of those photos eventually. That'll be the dream, right? Like the dream, as Barney Stinson would call it. Yes, that is the goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is that trigger. Okay. So it, uh, it literally just I plug my camera in there and then it listens for I don't know if you're going to be able to make it out, but it listens for sound depending on what the setting is that I put it and then it immediately triggers. Right on. So let's say you trigger it to uh Ryan and, uh, decibels as in 30. And it goes and then Cassie definitely wants to say that uh, we need more girls out at out at the press site. There's really not many. I think there's most of the time it's really just Cassie and one other. Uh, but it's really a boys' game, and it would be more fun if it was everybody's game. As I said earlier, you guys have recently moved. Um, what what have been your favorite things? since moving to the Gulf Coast? Like your favorite things to do? Uh, Well, we find ourselves on Saturdays going to the farmer's market in downtown St. Pete. Um, That's been pretty enjoyable. It's it's a nice little time out there. Cassie gets to to fawn over all the dogs that she sees. And usually we come home with some fresh veggies and and flowers. You know, it's it's a pretty hippie time, but it's, it's fun. Do you guys look for anything in particular while you're out there, like veggies, or you just is it just something to do? I think it's it's mostly just something to do, uh, but I think Cassie really enjoys coming home with a with a fresh set of flowers every every weekend. Aww. Yeah, uh, our our dog Chewy really does like fresh flowers as well, so she says it it's it's partly for him. And they're just there, and then they're food at that point. No, they're just there, and he'll he'll sit there and stare at them. Right on. I'm intrigued. Uh, if I were a dog <laughs> staring at flowers, what would I be thinking at this exact second? Probably, what do those taste like? <laughs> Speaking of, of how things taste like, do you guys have any uh, rec- restaurant recommendations out there? If someone were to go um, near the Clearwater, St. Pete area, what restaurant would you be like, hey, you, try this? Wow. Um, I need to look up the name and where it is, but we found a pretty awesome taco joint maybe 15 minutes from us. It's it's really little. There's maybe 10 tables. Uh, but I, I think it was probably the best Mexican food we've ever had. So what is the name of the, the fancy taco restaurant? It is Senor Taco off of uh, Park Boulevard. Senior Taco. And Ellis Park. Right on. I will have to try that. I had awesome tacos the other day myself. I was uh, over in Winter Park and they had this 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 little little tiny joint, but I got three different tacos. You know, you always want to try. Is there is there steak gonna be amazing? Is there chicken gonna be amazing? Is it pork? What's gonna be the best? This time pork one. Pork one, wow. So with your taco joint, what do you think? What was your favorite thing that you had there? Wow. The empanadas were were pretty big and and for like less than 5 bucks. They were yeah, they were like 250. They they were pretty big and pretty pretty amazing. 
So next time I go out there, empanadas, beer, and Brandon and Cassie. Yeah. It'll be a party and a half. It will be definitely a party. All righty. Well, anything else you want to say? Anything you want to plug? Um, things that people can check out, where to find you? Oh, well, I've given you my, my shameless plug of our website. Huh. That's a, that's a really, really difficult one. I mean, and give I'm that one more sure time for the folks. My, my social media in there, Hyperfin. So you can find him at Hyperfin on pretty much all the social media platforms. Yeah, pretty much everything. And it's uh, and it's Maxwell Rose. Yep, Maxwell Rose dot com. Right on. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. So I had lots of fun. I hope that you sure did. We'll have to get you on next time. Perhaps we'll talk about James Bond if you want to. Yeah, that'd, that'd be pretty great. I'm, I'm sure by that time we will have finished the series. Looking forward to it. Say goodbye to the folks at home, Brandon. Bye, guys. I hope this was a great talk. Uh, looking forward to doing more. And that's all we have for this episode of Did You Know with Ryan O. If you want to find out more information about us, you can follow us on Twitter at Did You Know Ryan O, or you can send us an email with questions, comments, or concerns to Did You Know Ryan O at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Ryan O. We'll see you next time. <laughs>